Hello. Howdy. What's going on? We watched Resident Evil Afterlife. <laughs> what? I was I was trying to I was trying to think of a response because there was like a little bit too much time after what's going yeah. on. And I was like, uh... <laughs> no. But anyway, yeah, we watched Resident Evil Afterlife, the fourth installment in the Resident Evil movie franchise. Um, and uh, what'd you think of it, Chris? I think that if there was one of these movies that I would watch again would probably be this one. Really? Yeah. I disagree. Um, <laughs> so in this movie, Alice, I'm just going to assume you've listened to at least one other podcast so you know who these characters are. Alice is, well, so it starts off in Tokyo um, it, it establishes that um, Umbrella has now relocated their operation to Tokyo. Swarm of Alice Army blows up the spot. Wesker evacuates. Yeah, um, yet another hive, if you're wondering. A hive Um <laughs> She goes to Alaska where they went in the second movie. No one was there except Claire, who was memory wiped. They go to L.A., meet up with some survivors, try and escape from this prison island. Basically, it's not an actual island, but it may as well be, and try and get to the Arcadia, which turns out to be a boat. Um, It's a trap. Wesker's there. They fight. The end. Wesker, yeah. (laughs) Pretty much. That's, uh, that's, That's really all there is to this. This was another one where not more more happened in this one than happened in the last one. Yes. Which is to say that some stuff happened. More happened during um, my bathroom break than happened in the last movie. <laughs> so, but not much more. It, there was, it still felt kind of there sparse. was I was there was around the same amount of plot to action ratio in this movie. But this movie was at least a bit more engaging. Yeah. In the plot bits, which the last one was not even a little bit. Um, at the end of the last podcast, I said that I was hoping that this movie would be like an epic payoff for <laughs> for them taking the entire last movie to basically set it up. S- set it up. And it, it, it was not really an epic payoff it was it was a payoff but there was, not quite there was some payoff but it was it was okay not quite worthy of an entire movie worth of setup no it was it was it this movie was okay but but so that's where i'm at so that being said what if cuz this is how i'm trying to kind of look at this movie what if you someone was like, okay, we're gonna watch the Resident Evil movies, but we're gonna start at four. Like, like if someone was just like, fuck the other three, they're not that good. Just we'll we'll watch for it. How do you think you would have felt about this? Detached from um, the others. That's a good question. I would probably like it less because I. I know that there's not that much plot in these movies, but um, I, I feel like I would have no idea what was going on 
if if I hadn't seen the ori- the first three. Right. If I was to do a suggested viewing order of these movies, I would say watch two, then watch four. <laughs> we'll we'll get back to you about the rest. Yeah. Um. D- don't watch one or three. Yeah. I mean, watch one. I guess. Just, I guess. Just get a plot synopsis. Read the Wikipedia article for one, watch two, skip three, watch four. <laughs> yeah, skip three entirely. It's totally unnecessary. There, were th- After about 30 minutes of this movie, I was like, I looked at you and I said, yeah, I was saving my judgment until we got to this movie, but now it's confirmed number three was completely unnecessary. Yeah. All, all number three does for this movie, really. Um, the, the only things that you have to know about number three to pick up on number four is that you met a character named Claire Redfield and you met a character, barely met a character named Kmart, yes. apparently. And they went to Alaska. I didn't even know... Her name was Kmart at the end of number three. Yeah. It's kind of a very stupid name. They went to Alaska looking for a place called Arcadia. and That's it. Um, That's all you need to know. Well, and Wesker's in Tokyo, and now they're an army of Alice Clint. That's all you need to know about three. Yeah. There's really, all of what, like... The whole, the whole <laughs> Alaska plot is recapped for you. Yeah. So that's not a big deal. The only thing that's not really, like, explicitly recapped is the Alice clones. Which, <laughs> which are only present for about ten minutes, so... Yeah, they don't matter too much. So, you could really start here and it would be okay. Yeah. But... Yeah, I guess in hindsight you could definitely because this movie actually lacks a lot of things that the first three all had. It didn't have Mila Jovovich waking up. Yes, it didn't. She started the movie fully awake. Yeah, <laughs> it didn't have a close up on her on her eye at the end. We did not see Mila Jovovich's boobs not yeah. once. Yep. Um, those are the big three. Now something that it also lacked, but in a more realistic sense, gained is the beginning of this movie actually looks like a movie. It's, like, we got kind of excited. Like, the, the cinematography was pretty good, and, and it looks... And this movie does look better. It looks a lot better. Like, there the, are the almost, budget... There, the, yeah. The budget hasn't really gone up, but it's shot way better. Well, they shot it in 3D. This was a 3D movie. Huh. Yeah, so the budget actually was much higher for this one. Well, so... Well, hmm... Knowing that, <laughs> yeah, the CG doesn't look any better, but the uh, the cinematography is nice. Yeah, it's it's way better, and the beginning, especially the first f- uh, really five minutes. Something that I don't know if I've mentioned, but the beginning of these movies, all of them up until this one, look pretty much like a DVD menu. Yeah, like the, every time yeah. I, I I'm reminded of a DVD menu yeah. for some reason. And this movie actually starts off looking like a movie, and that's really cool. Yeah. Like, it got us really excited. It also starts off with a pretty balls-to-the-wall action sequence involving Mila Jovovich clones. Yeah. A hive mind, which I am now referring to as the multi-Jovovich. Yes. Um, 
They're not actually a hive mind. I would love to see Mila Jovovich clones become a hive mind yeah. in the next movie, though. Because they came from the hive. Uh, uh, the hive Um. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, so so it looked a lot better. It lost the cheesy DVD menu-esque recap. Uh, the recap is actually cut pretty short and, uh, and, and concise. Which we're all appreciative of. Yeah, because it was getting kind of ridiculous. Uh, they were like trying to effectively recap everything from all the movies. Uh, this movie also didn't use a shit ton of like pre-shot footage from the last movie which all of them up at this point had done yeah um so that's neat yeah yeah this movie is the first one that is like a movie i i would have to say if you're comparing it head to head with two for the title of which one is like better i would say the structure and the way that that the way that they break up plot and and action. This one is more movie y for sure. I, I would think I I think that two is better structured to to keep your attention because it's it, it will separate it'll have action scene, little bit of plot, action scene, little bit of plot. Yeah. Three had like an action scene and a plot, 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 plot. Can you even call it plot? Scene. It was mostly just boring. Yeah, I mean, plot, plot is never a very heavy word in these movies. It's always, you know, it, it's the plot of a Resident Evil movie, and it's they're they're pretty paper thin. And this movie was somewhere in between that, but yeah. the plot parts were still kind of boring and yeah, felt forced. They dragged. You found yourself really wanting another action sequence pretty early on. I feel like if someone <laughs> only listened to uh, these podcasts that we did, they would think we hate plot and like really love action, which is not the case. I mean, I mean, we've reviewed movies that were like hardly any action i know (laughs) but that's what i'm saying like if they only listen to the resident evil that's what i'm saying yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's what i'm saying no Uh, we love plot we just love good plot i like good plot (laughs) and it's not here so why would you waste your time this movie (laughs) has these movies all are no there's no good plot yeah it's it it really like what these movies need is action sequences tied together with um what's the word segues like plot segues that's it like 60% action and 40% plot is is like the way to go because in the last movie was like 85 15 this movie is like 70 30 plot action if that so yeah and and the the frustrating thing about is that the action scenes in these movies are done really well yeah like, always always like, like it, it's pretty it's, much always yeah it's, in every single one of them even in the last one it's top-notch choreography yeah. even when they're even when they're even when they're fucking with with shit that totally like you know wouldn't work and really forces you to like consciously suspend your disbelief which happens um even when they do that, they're doing it with with creative stuff. I mean, it's not you know like Tarantino, Robert Rodriguez, you know level superb action scenes, but they're really well done and they're kind of exactly what you want from these movies. They're just 
hasn't been enough of them <laughs> since yeah, two. Since two. <laughs> One was mostly action, but it was really cheesy. Yeah. And uh and Am I the, remembering that correctly? Yeah, no, one one had one had a, a structure more similar to two. It was just it tried to it had action scenes and it tried to break them up with like really, really like thuddingly flat like isolation and yeah. horror world building. Yeah. Which gladly They've totally thrown off after the. First they build movie. these worlds in about two minutes. They, they, every every movie. Yeah, and there there is no there, isolation is something that just kind of happens, and there's really no attempt to try and be a horror movie. Yeah, definitely all one hundred percent action, which is fine. That's where these movies live, and that's where they need to live. Yeah. Um. One thing that this movie had in. Sp- Spades over two would be a more effective big bad character. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Nemesis, as Sucked. as you may remember, is the worst part of Resident Evil Two. Yeah. Um, and because uh, because they they tried to make him a character when he should have been a big imposing force of nature, um, and they they have one of those. It's uh, I I I think that this is actually from a Resident Evil movie or a Resident Evil uh, video game, but I'm not sure. I'm not a hundred percent sure if it is, and I'm not a hundred percent sure which game it would be or what the name of the thing is. But there's this giant uh, zombie creature uh, sack over his head with this gigantic hammer axe thing, and. Uh, they never explain where he comes from, what made him. He's just there, and he's imposing, and he's badass, and he makes for a cool fight sequence. Yeah, um, it's a my, short-ish fight sequence. Yeah, my my only uh, my only complaint with him is that he didn't stick around long enough, in my opinion. I mean, and also that, that he kind of appeared out of nowhere. Yeah, and that he was. I I don't know when when did this movie come out? Year wise, ten two thousand ten two thousand ten when. If you might know this off the top of your head, when did the Silent Hill movie come out? Uh, two thousand eight or nine. Yeah, this yeah. guy has a really pyramid head vibe. Yeah, about that, him. I was thinking that I didn't want to say it. Yeah, he he's he's kind he's of he's pyramid head without the pyramid head. Really, he's pyramid head light. He's yeah. not nearly as intimidating or awesome. Um. And he also, much like in the Silent Hill movie, doesn't really have a reason to be here. Yeah. But, um, but I'm not super complaining. No, I, I liked him better than Nemesis, even though, you know... Did we have one of these in the last movie? No. J- Jorah Monster? <laughs> we, we had Jorah Monster, who more filled the place of Wesker in this movie, and we had... Uh, and then we had a shipping container full of zombies. Yeah. And some crows. <laughs> this guy is taking the place of the shipping container full of zombies, and thank God something yeah. went too. Yeah. <laughs> well done. Fucking. So, yeah, he could have been expanded on, but I think the it's okay. level of exposure that he had was perfectly fine. They gave you a taste. And, and I didn't, wouldn't really want them to change it. They didn't play him out too bad. <laughs> yeah. Way better than Nemesis. Yeah. Let me not understate that. Yeah. So much better than Nemesis. Yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> um. 
So, uh... So, so what do you think of Wesker? He's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have some guy playing Wesker that is just a total goob. He is so... Okay, so here's here's a legitimate question. Wesker and Jorah. Yes. Of of Jorah monster fame. Yep. And nothing else. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Game of Thrones. <laughs> no, not that. Yeah, <laughs> all right, that's fair. Um, so... He wasn't a bad actor in that movie. No, he wasn't, not till the very end. He wasn't great, but he didn't have a lot to work with in the script. He was okay. But someone, because both Wesker and Jorah were in that movie, though Wesker might not have been played by the same character. No, he definitely or, was not uh, the same actor. The same actor. I'm almost sure. If it was, then uh, anyway. Ba- basically, here's my thing. When I saw that Jorah, when I very first saw that the actor that plays Jorah, I cannot remember his name, was in these movies, Jorah. I figured he was playing Wesker. Yeah. Because I could have pictured that. Yeah, he would have been a good Wesker. Yeah. But he was wasted in three, and they got some fucking... Goofball. Yeah. Like, I can't think of any other way to describe him. He just, he's like... He's just like a... <laughs> he's needlessly smug... His his dialogue's horribly written. Wesker in the games ninety percent one liners. Wesker in the games was very low key and just like um, subversive. Yeah, and like like he always left you wanting more because yeah. there's very actually little of him. You you all all you really knew about him was that he was a badass and that he was infected, but somehow like holding himself together. Um, which which was cool. It was a uh, it was a threatening character who punched stuff. Yeah, and who there there was there was a mystery about how he kept going. Yeah, like like it 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 was. I I think in the games he was a very well done bad guy, and when I saw how campy this guy was, it just ruins I, the character a little bit. Like. Honestly, when I saw how campy this guy was, I was kind of ready for it. I was like, okay, campy Wesker, that kind of fucks up that character, but it still it still works. Maybe this will be, like, my new, like, whatever the guy's name was from Twilight, who was, like, the best part of Twilight. Oh, God, what was his name? Over the top <laughs> crazy. Yeah. I just know him by that, by that I can't giggle. remember his name. I, but, yeah, like, he was the best. I can dig characters like that. Yeah. One of my favorite, like, villains from my childhood is Skeletor. Yeah. I can dig campy villains. Yeah. This guy goes straight past camp and yeah. just becomes really boring. Just, like, just goofy. You, like, that... You de- you described him in the movie as, um, as, as, uh, what was it? Uh, Agent Smith, but lame. Yeah. Yeah, that's really it. Yeah. Like, and... <laughs> It's, and the ending fight scene with him is comically like goofy. Oh god! There's a flower spider demon that comes out of his mouth. Yeah, yeah. it's almost entirely in slow motion. Yeah, which I hate. They were. We've really... worked on that before with yeah. Kickboxer too. Yeah. <laughs> I hate I hate entire fight scenes that are in slow mo. Yeah, it's so hard to watch. And. uh now now that I know that this was shot in 3D, it makes it 
um, it makes it a lot of it, it fills in a lot of gaps because it was very obvious that in that uh, sequence they were really like a bunch of stuff was being thrown at the camera and shots were going in bullet time towards the camera so so I, I didn't know that this was a 3D movie before, but knowing that now, it uh, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> oh, sorry. Not yeah. over this yet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So, in the in these movies, it became glaring. It's always been true, but it became glaringly out. Well, not in one, but in two and three and four. Um, every female character has makeup on all the time, <laughs> regardless, regardless of, so the most egregious, horrible uh, example of this was, um, what's her name? Alice flies to Alaska. The, the main character of the last three movies yeah. we watched, or A- four movies we watched. Alice flies to Alaska <laughs> to try and meet up with her friends from the desert. Right. And she only finds Claire, and Claire is very, very disheveled, beat up, dirty, and has been suffering from memory loss. And she has this weird thing attached to her from Umbrella that's yeah, like it's controlling a, her mind it's, and making her a savage. Think Iron Man's heart, but with spider legs. Um, <laughs> and dumb looking. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, what's her name? Alice takes that thing off. And Claire like begins regaining her memory slowly, but she's still kind of a, 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 a not nice person at, <laughs> at first. Um, and so and she's that, just dirty. That she's scene, like, she's grimy she's and haggard. gross. She's been there for weeks or months, like by herself, living in the wild, covered yeah. in mud and shit and stuff. So <laughs> Alice picks her up in her plane and they start flying to Los Angeles. Ties then, her hands together. Ties her hands together. In the next scene that you see them sitting in the plane, Claire is immaculate. <laughs> she has foundation. She's got rouge. Lip gloss, She's got lip gloss like... to the T. She's got eyeliner. Her hair is, is hairsprayed. Yeah. Like perfect. It's it's perfect. <laughs> and you like you never saw Alice them is the stop. same way. Alice is the same way. She flew from Tokyo to Alaska. Alaska. That takes a while. <laughs> and she is That's a minute. Yeah. <laughs> she is just looking perfect. Yeah. Fucking it's, eyebrows it, on point, yeah. eyes on point. It's insane. Like, it's insane. And it's really something that we are able to, like, notice that enough to mention it. Because, don't get me wrong, this is done in a lot of movies. Sure. Like, there are a lot of shows where characters... <laughs> we we reviewed... We brought this up in the Joe vs. Volcano review. Oh, God. Where... That was different. Where, where Meg <laughs> Ryan had passed out on a ship for four days... Or on a raft for four days in direct sunlight. And she had perfect hair and makeup when she woke up. And she was fine. And that was a comedy movie and a lighthearted one of that, so it was kind of acceptable. Yeah. It's really, like, glaringly obvious here, though. Yeah. This is just a... It was just fan service, and that's all. Like... <laughs> it has to be, like... 
Yeah. Every girl in this movie, and in the past two as well, I won't say one. One actually didn't do this, really. Yeah, but I mean, because it took place over, like, the course of A couple hours, hours. yeah. <laughs> but two, three, and four were... Well, I'm saying the girls in one weren't even that made up, really, especially Michelle Rodriguez. But anyway, two, three, and four are all guilty of it. Uh, the girls just all look beautiful and made up all yeah. the time. All the time. And I mean... You know, I I think Mila Jovovich could very, you know, I I think it would have more weight, and and be cooler if she was doing more the, like you know, Sarah Connor Sarah Connor in T two Gr- like grimy like like fucking uh, still S- beautiful Sigourney but, Weaver yeah still beautiful Alien, but like, not wearing makeup yeah and like, yeah just like being a badass yeah like it would it would it would match the character way more and it would just I it think, would bring out more respect for her I, I think. think it would look cooler it would have a better like physicality to but it. who am I to say yeah I mean it's just not realistic yeah that's the main thing and nothing in these movies are yeah so I guess. nothing but. Nothing. It's kind of glaringly unrealistic. Yeah. And and two pulled that off with flair. This one comes close to pulling it off. I don't think it pulls off unrealistic without a hitch, but it gets it gets close. And that's the best thing I can say for it. Yeah. Um so there's (laughs) there's a character in this movie. Who is the most one-note character I've come across in a while, and uh, he—he is the—he is the epitome of the character that you want to die the entire way through the movie, and uh, the producer guy. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like they really kind of—they forced it. They—they they forced him being an unlikable douchebag to the point where you like sighed audibly every time he was on screen. Yeah. Um. But uh. More, more than that. I was really like so. So it's fine to have a character like that. It it's better if you don't force it as much as they did. But it's fine to have a character like that if you get to see the catharsis of him getting got at the end. And they totally didn't show it. They just showed that he knew he was the, going to die. They implied it. And implied that Wesker ate him. But, they, like, it's just so weird because, like, they, they showed they, they showed a girl getting eaten in the beginning. They showed a uh, very minor Asian character getting, like, pretty graphically cut in half. Yeah. Like... That that you you really when the bar has been set that high for character deaths, you really expect the one character that you really, really want to die to die in something a little bit more, uh, a little bit more visceral, a little bit more uh, satisfying, and uh, I I feel like they they missed the they they missed an opportunity. Yeah. Um. So I want to talk about the thing in this movie. That went from good to bad for me. Okay. That is Mila Jovovich's quarter gun. (laughs) Yeah. So they set up Mila Jovovich as... Where do I start? When she gets to the prison, she is, like, dumping out all her stuff and, like, whatever. This guy, Darius, is with her. Is that Darius? 
what's his name? No, Luther. You said he looked like Darius. Yeah, yeah, his name was Luther. Luther. Luther Vandross, the Godfather of Soul, <laughs> is not, not exactly. It, he is with her. She's like emptying out her pockets and stuff, and she dumps out a bag of quarters. Huge bag of quarters. Huge bag. It probably of quarters. weighs like five pounds. But not enough quarters for this. But anyway, I'll get to that. So he's like, she's like, he sees that he's she's looking. She, he sees. She, sorry. <laughs> pronouns are hard she sees that he's looking at her weird and she's like it's a hobby and he's like that's a pretty weird hobby and or something yeah that's that's the gist of it yeah and uh so later in the movie you see the whole movie she's got these like sawn off 12 gauges uh in the holster that, du- double barrel yeah you know break action yeah yeah um in holsters on her back but she doesn't break them out until she runs out of bullets in one of her other guns um and is just before the fight with Axeman um Axeman yeah <laughs> um and uh so she she's got a zombie coming in her face she's in in the heat of the moment she pulls out one of these one of these sawn offs and uh shoots it and it goes in slow-mo and you see quarters come out at high velocity and uh go through the zombie and and this was the first time this happened i was like that's cool i like that that they set it up it it had a payoff not super realistic but yeah but you know what it was it was good i liked it and you you poo-pooed on it a little bit and i I was like you know what i rolled my eyes at it but i acknowledged the setup and payoff and and i was was like i was like no this is okay so then (laughs) She proceeds to use those for the rest of the movie. Yeah, pretty much. Like, like completely. They they are the they are the kill shot on everything. She uses it to kill Axeman. She uses it to not kill Wesker. <laughs> not totally kill Wesker. She <laughs> uses it many many other times. So here, there's multiple parts to this. First of all, the more you see it, the less cool it is. Yeah. It drops off really fast. Second of all, you never see her put more quarters in it, which you pointed out right away. This like the second time she shot it, it all the way that that would work is all the quarters would come out the first time you yeah. shot it. So so there are two ways that you could try to shoot not a quarter because I don't think it would, but you could try and shoot a coin out of your shotgun. You could either reload your own shells, and instead of using shot, or mixed in, like, somewhere on top of your shot, you could use coins, or you could shove them in the barrel of your gun, and it would fuck up your shot and not be effective, but it would eject the coins from the barrel of the gun. At least the first time. Yeah, so... Like I, I assumed that she was collecting quarters as and and it is specifically only quarters. I assumed she was collecting quarters, so she like I, I guess if she had like a reloading station somewhere, she could reload coin based shotgun shells because maybe it was easier to find than lead shot. Whatever. I'll suspend my disbelief on that and say yeah, but I really and I could be wrong about this. I can I can I can test it when I get home. But I'm pretty sure that the diameter of a quarter 
is bigger than the diameter of a 12 gauge shotgun shell. I will I will tell you on the next podcast if I'm right about that. But I'm pretty sure I'm right. I'm pretty sure you couldn't make one fit. You can maybe put dimes in a shotgun shell. Pennies. Yeah. That's it, about it. It wouldn't do that well, I don't think. But, I mean, people put have put weirder shit in shotgun shells. But... You would think, <laughs> you would think if they were loose, they would just rattle around. Like... Well... I, I could I could I could go into detail about this. No, you could you, there's there's a little plastic thing called a wad on the inside of a shotgun shell and it holds all your shot in place. Mm. And if you found something that was about the right diameter, you could make it work. But it's I it would be more effort than it's worth for an inferior shot that would probably fuck up your barrel on the way out. Yeah. It's it's overall a dumb idea that's cool to see once. Yeah. Yeah. The first time I was totally fine with it. And then they just kept doing it. Yeah. It was like they ran out of fun stuff to do. It it reminds me of the scene in the first The Crow movie where where Brandon Lee dies RIP No oh. where uh where Eric is in the is in the pawn shop looking for uh looking for Sarah's ring and at the end of it to punish the pawn shop owner he d- sets his building on fire and he and this can't happen but he he ignites the flame by shooting uh uh by shooting gasoline with a shotgun the guy, um, the guy yells shit on me a lot. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> but but before that, as as a punishment, he's you know he he's he's fucking with the store owner with the rings, and he says each one of these rings represents a life you've torn apart or something like that, and uh, he he I forgot about that. He he loads all the rings into the barrel of the shotgun and then shoots it out, and it didn't make any more sense to have a projectile like that in a shotgun at that time either but it was cool because they did it once <laughs> they did it once and it it meant something in the in the context of the movie yeah this means nothing <laughs> no i mean whatever though that was far from the biggest nitpick that i had yeah it no. just it was just glaring because I, I liked it at the beginning and then i stopped liking it pretty quickly thereafter yeah i mean we're kind of in the territory of of really nitpicking these movies just because just for lack of something insightful to say yeah i think so <laughs> like and like, that's and that's okay yeah i guess i guess if you have an opinion probably, on our opinion email us good, it probably says good things about the movie and bad things about our podcast <laughs> or vice versa i don't know <laughs> If you have an opinion about our opinions, email me at unformattedreviewshow at gmail.com. Or set up your own review show where you review the unformatted review show. Whoa! The unformatted review show review show. Meta as fuck. Yeah. Get on that. You'll be the most obscure act on the block. We're pretty obscure already. You'll take our obscurity crown away from us. That... Hmm. I don't know, dude. I think we're internet famous. Beverly Hills Chihuahua has like a hundred views. <laughs> don't talk about numbers on the podcast. Why? I think that one's funny. It is funny. <laughs> it is funny. It's bizarre. Um, no, a hundred views. We are we are super internet famous. Yeah. <laughs> we are meme lords. Anyway. <laughs> Um, well, that's a good place to stop this podcast, unless so, you have any objections. So, 
Um, so in in one word, how would you describe this movie? Just as a quick takeaway, because I have one word. Go for it. It is meh. <laughs> you stole mine. You stole mine. I was going to say eh. All right. Well, I think we're on the same page on that. All righty. Yep. All right. See you next week. Next week. Before... We're going to be watching Resident Evil, the fifth one. I forget what it's called. Numero five. Retribution, I believe. Something... So, something something very generic the reckoning <laughs> yeah um yeah so see you then yeah i'm ready to be done with this franchise <laughs> that's that's where i'm at on this movie bye